Look at that, Noah. It. Old man Noah going outside in the morning on the balcony. Yeah, oh, I right. love it. Just in my underwear, <laughs> coffee, and a newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Hi, Bill. Wonderful <laughs> weather we're having. It... <laughs> yes, I love um, it. Yeah, like a little, like a, like a, I need, I want a robe. Like, you know, like they, they wear it to like, that's what I want, Dom. I want a robe and I want to be able to get the newspaper in the morning, just walk outside, grab the newspaper, sit on your porch and then likely see something like, um, see a car drive too fast down the street. Mm -hmm. Be like, I want something to bitch about to my wife. (laughs) Yeah. I want to be able to go inside and be like, did you see? That that hooligan from from East Side who was driving forty miles per hour down this street. This doesn't you know it's a residential, buddy. <laughs> or I want to see like dog shit like in my yard and just be like, oh, I can't have this. We have to take yeah. this to the neighborhood watch. Let them know. Yeah. Be on who's dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the Below Average Joe's MMA Show recap edition i am joined as always by dominic salee my name is noah baker we are here to talk about ufc vegas what was that number dom 74 okay are you sure yes don't make me second guess myself i'll freak out (laughs) no i'm just kidding i'm just kidding not that i would know but i I, I assume (laughs) you're right um so that's what we're here to recap today Amir Albazi ultimately takes a split decision victory over Kai Car France. We will talk about that fight. We will talk about that decision. Some judging in that decision, Dominic, that's been making the headlines on Twitter and everywhere else. But Dominic, it is, I mean, it is truly beautiful outside. I stepped out for just a second and there was just a beautiful breeze going with the heat. You know this area, Dominic, that I'm in, mm-hmm. known for their wind. Known for their flatlands, people. Yes, yes. But sometimes, if it hits it right, it's the best weather you can get, like in the summer. Like, if that breeze hits just right and the heat's not super hot, mm-hmm. it's like a perfect blend. What are you getting down south, Dom? Tell me you're getting a little bit similar. Yes, very much of the same down here, Noah. It's beautiful. It's going to be a beautiful, just this entire week is kind of back down to the low, high 70s, low 80s. Ooh. It's just so beautiful. There's not a lot of humidity. I know the BFB boys are going to be out and about this week on some courses. I sure hope so anyways. You're getting prepped to get to Florida, so more beautiful weather and beaches. I mean, this is just, let's just say we're thriving right now as we head into the early summer days, and uh, it's all so beautiful, Noah. Let's ride. Yeah, we're we're in our uh, vacation era right now for mm-hmm. the for uh or gone fishing era maybe or something <laughs> like that like uh still doing the pod still doing the show but we're also we're on the move you you mm-hmm. can't you can't nail us down we're just we're, we're we're not as soon as we're there one day we're gone the next we're somewhere mm-hmm. else mm-hmm. but um yeah uh good weather good times good vibes good people good fights yeah Pretty, yeah. Let me I'd let say. me just actually let me just say, I shouldn't have said that because that I mean there was some there's always some okay fights, but was it just me, Dom, or did this card feel like so long? Yeah, very. 
I said that this morning. But it didn't feel like, like, I don't think it was any longer than some that we get. Yeah. But I don't know. It was like when the when we were like halfway through the main card, I was like, my God, it's this card felt like it's gone on forever. Which is not a great sign that you have a very good fight night on your hands if you're hmm. checking the clock, zoning out a little bit. Um it did kind of pull me back in towards the end, but ultimately, like, yeah, you know, not a great fight night overall. Mm. Uh, so sorry, Dominic, that I started by saying good fights and got you on my side, and then I kind of jumped off that train. But uh, your thoughts on UFC Vegas? I think you said seventy-four. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, give me your thoughts just on the card as a whole. Now that I've kind of, you know, had you suckered you into an opinion, and now I've jumped ship. Like overall, though, were you kind of like walk away? pleased with what you got from the card top to bottom or were you sort of like oh man like you know we had a week off like were you hoping for a little bit more in your your first card back yeah see after a week off we definitely could have had more for sure and you're right like the main card started at nine it was on espn the network so big boy t- television mm-hmm. and all of a sudden i'm looking at the clock at the end of the main event and it's like 12 30 i'm like holy shit are we watching a pay-per-view i mean we started an hour before and we're ending when some of these pay-per-views end it was kind of strange like they were uh jp said this morning it felt like they were kind of trying to stretch it out and like just meet their time standard on like espn so they were doing commercials well, and yeah. like buying more time but like I don't know. There were some good fights for sure, but all in all, not the greatest fight night. I mean, there was literally kind of a, a whatever like decision fight. Then there was a good finish. Then there was a whatever decision fight. Then there was a good finish. And it was like copy and paste that throughout the card. So, you know, it was all right. It was good to see the flyweights, I think, get their shine, which we're going to obviously get into to start the show here. But uh, yeah, all in all, like if I were to grade it out of 10, I give it like a like a probably. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's a fair score. Didn't go for the rookie score. Yeah, you know. I mean, the same pizza, but, you know, I'm all about that. Um, Yeah, uh, there was something I thought I was going to touch on that you just said, but now I've we started talking about scores, and, yeah, it just (laughs) kind of left me, but – I, I in my head I just now realized that main card started at nine. But no, what I was gonna say was you were talking about how it was on ESPN the network. I actually didn't realize that. I always just go straight to ESPN Plus. That's, like I don't yeah. even yeah. I don't even think twice about it. But um even though we kind of like when we hear that a card's gonna be on ESPN the network or ABC because it feels like it's a bigger deal. Let me just say those are the worst cards to watch as like a live viewing experience. <laughs> The absolute worst because they are the worst paced events yeah. that God has ever created on this earth. Yeah. You cannot pace an event more poor. Actually, that's not true. PFL championship. <laughs> well, that's still at the top. One. Yeah. yeah. That's still the most, the worst paced event I've ever seen. But outside of that, you get something on network TV, you're not allowed to just keep it moving. You don't get a Pride 13, Dom, where we're just <laughs> going yeah. from fight to fight. Yeah. Um, but you, you instead just have to drag out, you know, because they're pacing these fights, like every fight's going to go to a decision. And when it doesn't, you got to fill the rest of that time. Oh my God. It's just so mind numbing, Dom. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like when it's on network television, <clears throat> we love seeing quick finishes and stuff. But that's the that's a negative. When it's on big TV, you just want all mm-hmm. decisions. That way, you at least can go from fight to fight. I don't know. It it's it's tough when they're ESPN exclusive. They kind of just go. You know what I mean? There's no real like timelines to meet or deadlines, if you will. So it is what it is. I think they're back on ABC as well for the June 24th card. Um, the one down in Jacksonville as well, I think. So Yeah. Isn't the one that's rumored for Nashville. That's going to be on uh, ABC or ESPN. I think that I would believe. be a big one too. Yeah. I think yeah. They're kind of doing those for the ones they travel there. Mm-hmm. That seems to be what's happening right now. Anyways, Dominic, before we hop into that main event, I just want to remind everyone to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok at the BAJ MMA. Mm-hmm. If you're watching on YouTube, it's in the top left corner of your screen. Uh, Dominic's been doing a really good job posting clips from some of our episodes uh, just kind of throughout the week. We're hoping uh, here soon, really kind of kick into a little more content on TikTok, you know, some more just a little fun stuff here and there to kind of keep the week filled out with content. Um, that might be something we get to at post vacation. You know, it's there's a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. But a uh, full list of uh, bets on Twitter gets posted before the cards every weekend. So if you want to follow our blazing bets uh, segment, it got a little nutty last night. Me and yeah. Dominic were trying to one up each other on our live bets, and instead we both crumbled. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> so it got a little crazy last night. Um, but yeah, uh, also you can, uh, depending on what platform you are listening or watching this on, this might come off a little redundant. But I want to remind everyone you can listen to an audio version of the show on Spotify, on Apple. And if you want to watch the video version, you can head over to YouTube. And we are at the Below Average Joe's YouTube channel, uh, just simply the Below Average Joe's on Spotify, Apple, the Below Average Joe's MMA show. So kind of more what you're used to. Um, Also, on YouTube, you can subscribe to Battling for Bogey, where Dominic, JP, Branson, occasionally. Branson needs to step his game up, by the way. Yeah, I agree. Showing up. But the BFB boys, they, uh, well, they just show you shitty golf. No, I'm just Mm -hmm. kidding. Uh, They they have a lot of fun. A lot of comedy ensues. Um, they are not known for their golf prowess, but they have a good time regardless. And uh, I yeah. think a lot of people can relate to that. So make sure to subscribe to them, check them out. And yeah, Dominic, I think we head straight into that main event where Amir Albazi gets the biggest win of his MMA career. He defeats Kai Car France, the former title challenger, via split decision. This fight went the entire five rounds, obviously, which I think surprised me and Dom. Yeah. It also was very back and forth, which kind of surprised me as well. I really thought, Dominic, when it was all said and done here, the reason I really felt strongly about that finish was I thought one of these guys was going to execute like a really, really good performance that sort of made you either confirm that they are one of the top flyweights in the world in Albazi or would reassure that KKF is not done. I really thought we'd get something like that where one of these guys was going to put on that kind of performance. Instead, we had them both kind of do it at points in this fight. Mm -hmm. Uh, The momentum swing here from beginning to end was pretty drastic. Amir Albazi 
uh, getting the better of the early rounds, it felt like, even though there were some close ones. Round one, extremely close. Yeah. Round three, I still felt like it was Albazi's best round, even though at the very end of it, you know, all of a sudden KKF kind of unloaded on him. Then you get into rounds four and five, all of a sudden KKF really steps on the gas and yeah. had some really good rounds. Round five, he looked fantastic. So you kind of are left here, Dominic, with this decision that feels weird. The majority of the opinion I've been seeing scored this fight for KKF. I'm seeing the cries of robbery. We're not going to focus too much on that because we do that every week, Dominic. But I will ask you your opinion on the decision, on the fight itself. Ultimately, did the flyweights deliver in the main event spot? How did you score it? I, I really enjoyed this fight. I felt it was just a, a high-level display of skills, uh, to be honest. And uh, I think it did enough to solidify more flyweight main events. It's re- kind of ridiculous that there aren't more of those. This was a really competitive uh, back-and-forth fight, and I think that's what you want to see between a number three and a number seven guy vying for you know a title shot, essentially. So I enjoyed the fight. Very close fight. Um I, I could have seen it either way. Robbery. Oh, people just cry robbery every time there's a close fight. This ain't don't a even focus on it. Don't even focus. On I know. It. Don't even but give it's them, just, don't it's even just give ridiculous. It this was not a robbery. This was a very razor thin fight. Now for me, and I'm trying to, I'm looking at the scorecard so I can remember what I did. Round one was the hardest round for me personally. I remember like, oh boy, Albazi looked good early. KKF came on strong toward the end of the round. I felt like that was the toss-up round. Anybody could have won round one. Two, three, I felt pretty confident that Albazi won, albeit still competitive. Albazi, two, three. Kaikara, France, four, five. Um, So round one was the one for me. Whoever wins that round wins the fight. Three, two, either way is what I felt strongly in. So when they said Albazi via split, wasn't surprised at all. Could have went either way. Uh, I, I know a lot of people are focusing on that round four specific scorecard from chris lee mm-hmm. that's that's where there's a big yep. um kind of murmur going on in the community and i agree that's pretty bad pretty horrendous scorecard because if you look at these scorecards they differed on round one all of them as it was different round four two people scored for kai and then chris lee gives round four for albazi so that's yeah, where the problem to add lies. context to that um apparently mm-hmm. the strikes landed in round four 23 to 5 in favor of kkf the only takedown landed in the round also on behalf of kkf so yes precisely so uh, it's a bit ridiculous there that round in specific being scored for albazi on the chris lee scorecard um <clears throat> so i could see why people are like calling robbery due to that specific thing but all in all great fight i really enjoyed it i thought albazi you know, again, this was a huge step up. We talked about it Friday. He was 4-0 in the UFC, was steamrolling people. This was a humongous jump to number three, and I felt that he kind of did a rise to the occasion. It was not an easy fight. Uh, he looked well. He even weathered adversity. KKF, we said on Friday, uh, you know, a loss here doesn't really do nothing too bad for you, especially when it was this close and you did all the good things that he did. So I, all in all, I enjoyed this. The winner is the winner. It is what it is. And uh, Noah, rebound off me. What do you think? I know you had Albazi, of course, from a betting perspective. But even that aside, this fight, this scoring, what do you think? What was your score as well? Yeah, I mean, my score, you can't really put too much on just because I did have a betting bias. Uh, I, had a, I had a lot riding on Albazi here. I scored it for him ultimately. 
But like that round one, of course, I'm going to go his way if it comes down to it. Just right. because, again, I'm thinking about this from like I want to win my bet. So it's like, yeah. okay, I think he won that round. Okay. Round three, I was like, oh, KKF didn't do enough to steal that round. So ultimately, I came to the conclusion Albazi had won, but I knew I was definitely not feeling safe going into those court yeah. guards. Like I thought it could have went either way. And of course, I'm reading Twitter before the judges' scorecards got announced. Everybody was saying KKF won. So it's um, this is the problem, though, Dominic, is that we can sit here and say, oh, people shouldn't be calling this a robbery and kind of getting on people for always doing that. And I do agree. Like they, the word robbery just gets thrown around way too much. Like there's very rare times that a robbery yeah. truly exists. <laughs> There is a reason that you do not let it go to the judges because you just don't know who's going to emphasize what. It's a completely different viewing experience from the judge's perspective than what we get at home. Um, you see examples like Dominic when uh, Aljamain Sterling beat Henry Cejudo. It seemed like everybody at home watching it sort of – or the majority seemed to be like, yeah, Aljamain won that fight. Apparently, if you were in Newark, New Jersey, watching that in the arena, most of the people thought Henry Cejudo won. Mm -hmm. So that's why there was some booze afterwards at Aljo. So you see what I mean? It's just a different viewing experience. So I'm not saying they have an easy job. The problem is it, you cannot defend Chris Lee's scorecard here. The, yep. the round four for him scoring at four Albazi is just trash. And it is yep. just another example of a absolute trash just job from Chris Lee. This goes all the way back, Dom, like for terms of the podcast. When we talked about him scoring the Paul Felder RDA fight for Paul Felder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Holy shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. I know I benefited from this, but this happens sometimes where, like, I see people calling robbery and I'm like kind of rolling my eyes at it. I'm like, God, everybody's just mad. People probably betting on KKF or they really like KKF, which I mm -hmm. do too. Yeah. Thinking he should have got the win. But then you see those scorecards get posted and you go, oh, fuck. Like, none of those guys had it the way I scored it. <laughs> I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, no, you cannot score round four for Albazi. You just yeah. can't. You yeah. have to be better than that. You have to if you are going to be judging main event level fights in the UFC, which is the premier MMA yes. promotion in the sport. You, you just We cannot be accepting less than that. So, unfortunately, that has put this black cloud over this fight, which seems to happen with yeah. big fights all the time. Um, I just, we just had a big boxing fight with Devin Haney and Lomachenko where it was an amazing fight. Instead of talking about how great of a fight it was, it, we're all talking about Lomachenko. Should he have gotten a nod over Devin Haney? You know, that's so annoying because ultimately, Dominic, I loved this fight. I thought yeah. it was great. Yeah. But it was just a great display of skill from both yes. guys. Flyweights haven't gotten that shine in six years, I guess. I think it was 2017. And then you get Albazi, who wanted to prove himself, KKF wanting to hold his ground and show that he is still a guy that can be a champion. And in a weird way, Dom, I feel like both guys kind of proved that here. Yes. Like, yeah. I think Albazi proved he is – in the elite tier of flyweights. And I think Kai Car France proved that he's in that echelon still yes. and does have that potential to be a champion. I know you look at his record, you see he's got double digit losses, but 
he is a guy who has vastly improved through the years. And that win streak he had going into last July where he fought Brandon Moreno for that interim title was not a fluke. It was not the product of favorable matchmaking with like Cody Garbrandt, who was kind of shock worn going down in weight like that, that at the end of the day, he disposed of him quickly. He did what he was supposed to do against the guys that he should have beat here. Unfortunately, it doesn't go his way, but I don't believe this will be a major setback for him. And Dominic, I kind of want to, transition this into another question about Albazi because he did get the win. It is under this um, controversial fashion, right? which is obviously should not be a knock on him. He's just doing his job and got his hand raised. Like he, he people shouldn't be like necessarily getting mad at him for this. I feel like that kind of, there's a weird line that people yeah. cross when, when yeah. these decisions happen. What do you want to see from Albazi next? Because this feels like the kind of fight where if Albazi had done enough you could have at least had the discussion of should him or brandon roy val be getting that next title fight following moreno pantoja uh in july right now that the fight took place it was a lot close it was a very close fight very disputed decision do you believe albazi needs another one to be in that discussion for a title fight yeah, I think to like get that title fight, there's one more um, for sure. And it's kind of just like a matter of who can it be, though. You know, because I look at Roy Val. I mean, one, he's came off two straight very good finishes, three straight total wins, all against ranked competition. You know, when you finish a guy in Matthias Nikolau that was on a tear himself, that holds a lot more weight than a very razor thin, I think, win over Kai, which was your first kind of test in ranked waters ever. So I would say one more for Albazi, and then Brandon should be up next. Plus, when you look at Brandon also has the history with both Pantoja and Moreno, so there's a rematch there with either guy. There's just more storylines as well. Raw Dog, the fan-friendly guy, I I think he checks more boxes right now. He's going to be fresher, of course, as well. He's had more time off, so I think he should be next. Who could Albazi fight? I mean, I wouldn't mind. I got you the matchup right now. Manel Cop. Oh, do it. yeah. Yeah. Why not? I don't care about rankings. I'm done caring about rankings, Dom. Let's give them, let's give the people what they want. Manel Cop, he, he, that man's pissed. He can't off get a right fight, now. bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You got Davison leaving him high and dry. Wasn't he the one that lost the, or the fight got canceled with Alex Perez, too? Yep. 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 So he, that man can't get a fight. And we know that this dude is, he's about it. And he, yes. He's ready to take that jump and at least try to prove that he's in that upper echelon as well. I think if Albazi is looking for another fight to put him in there, your only two options that, to me, that would feel kind of warranted right now is Cop and Nicolau. And I think Nicolau should be the one to welcome back KKF whenever he comes back. That's the way I think you do it. Winners versus winners, losers versus losers. There you go. Problem solved. Point blank period. I love it. I love, dude, a fight with Cop, by the way, and Albazi. That's yeah. super intriguing. I mean, and, you know, you said, like, the rankings don't matter, and yeah, and I understand that. But even still, when you look at Manel's past matchups, he was fighting up against Perez, didn't get it. He was going to fight number one, Davison, <clears throat> yeah. even though he was number nine. So what's it matter if he fights number three at this point? I though I love both of those matchups next 100%. I will just say though if Davison does stick around at 125, the idea of him versus Kai Carr France is a pretty that's a pretty that legit fun, fight. Huh? 
And that's the fight you you definitely put in a fight night main event, right? Yeah. You got to do yeah. it. Yeah, for sure. For Take sure. that one on the road. Get out of the apex for that one. That's a Please. big one. But I'm also kind of just hoping Davison just, you know, goes up and wait. I think I think he's going to, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the rest of the UFC Vegas. Uh, what was that number again, Dominic? Remind me. 89. No, I'm just kidding. 74. Oh, 89. 74. Oh, wow. We just skipped ahead like a year. <laughs> what You honestly could have told me any number, and I would have been like, yep. I think so. <laughs> uh, you might have to try that one of these days. But, uh, Dominic, I'm going to ask you point blank just – you know, kind of as a whole, you look down the rest of this card. Give me yeah. your biggest standout of the night. Just your biggest one standout of the night. Well, I mean, come on, guys. I mean, let me get the age right here so I can intro him just perfectly. Um, here we go. 39 years old. Jim Miller's got them Francis and Ganu hands right now, baby. This is unbelievable. A10 Jim Miller. Keeps getting all the records. 25 wins in the UFC. He's now two ahead of second place. He's second all time and finishes. My man's got 42 fights in the UFC. He's won four of his last five. Noah, every win that he's had since. Let me keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Every win that he's had dating back to September 2018 has been by finish. And for those of mm -hmm. you that don't know, Old Jim Miller's been around for a while, and he was never known for power or big-time subs, getting finishes. You know, he'd get them here and there, but he had a lot of really good fights, wars, decisions. Now, my mans don't give a damn. He's finishing all the young guns. He's finishing the old-season veterans. He's doing it all at the spring age of 39 years old. I know Jesse Butler came in on like a couple days' notice from a regional promotion. I understand that, but my goodness – at 39 to do a knockout in 23 seconds, you just don't see that very often. He is just such a amazing just career that we've had to follow here, and he is definitely going to get to that UFC 300-mile marker, Noah. And my God, he might make it to UFC 400. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But I, I got to give it to Jim Miller. How, how can I not, Noah? Yeah, it was a beautiful knockout sequence. Happened so quick. Just, I mean... <laughs> Sure. Before the fight really had a chance to get going, and it was a beautiful left hand. I know it was a short notice replacement. Uh, weird circumstances around that Jared Gordon one, Dom. I did not realize uh, apparently at the media day, uh, Dana was talking about this in the post fight press conference. I guess at media day, he mentioned how he had a concussion six yep. weeks ago from and they the, took uh, him off because of that. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's tough. Uh, I kind of hate that. That that's the way it happened. I wish it. I mean, it's never going to be a good reason for a guy to be off a card at the last second. But um, I hate that it had to happen in a way that kind of puts Jared Gordon in a bad spot there. Um, however, Jim Miller still game takes the short notice opponent. If the UFC and I noticed again was a short notice opponent, if the UFC is going to continue feeding Jim Miller these newcomers, he's just going to keep. Knocking him <laughs> yeah. down. That's yes. what he's gonna keep doing. Um, yeah, he just looks like an absolute beast in there still. Like guy doesn't look like he's aged at all. No, again, no. the man has just consistently been who he is. Like yep. he's never fought for a title, he's never really been, you know, so there was a point probably earlier in his career where he was kind of you know, when there was less fighters on the roster, he was mm -hmm. sort of in that upper echelon. Uh, he may have even main evented a couple fight nights or something. But at the end of the day, he's never really been threatening for a title, never really been in that discussion. But he's just been this guy who's just 
kind of steadily held mm-hmm. consistent through his whole yeah. career. Um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Hall of Fame discussion is had for him when it's all said and done, because I, I've definitely been more on the no side, like the Hall yeah, of Fame remember good for him. But it may be hard to deny once the accolades are all finalized and he's got that the win record in the UFC and fought on 100, 200, 300. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things kind of going in his favor there. And if Donald Cerrone gets a nod on, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, you know, maybe Jim Miller should. Like, it's yeah. uh, definitely changing the tides in that discussion. For me, Dominic, I got to give Kajikistan stand up mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because Mohammed mm-hmm. Namov gets that finish on short notice against Jamie Malarkey. Malarkey, the <sighs> biggest favorite of the card, Dominic. Uh, Namov, by the way, I believe more of a natural featherweight. He looked a little smaller in there. And um, comes up to lightweight to take on Jamie Malarkey on short notice, you know, that because of the obviously not making much of a cut there. And uh, dropped the first round more than likely, but it was very yeah. competitive. And then he comes out in round two and gets the finish on Malarkey, who's always been a tough guy to put away, always mm-hmm. in wars and stuff. And he had a whole country behind him in this arena packed out to watch him and his fellow countrymen uh, Gafarov in the next fight, who unfortunately lost that decision to Cast- Castaneda. However, Namov gets a big win, big debut for him. He had the hat, put it on Michael Bisping. <laughs> it was great stuff. Kajikistan, stand up. You got yourself a real player, I think. Uh, very interesting uh, debut. And for Jamie Malarkey, man, consistency, just not this guy's friend. Mm-hmm. Just not his friend, because this guy looks so good at times. And then he comes in here and he just kind of drops an egg. And I, and I know you get caught. Things happen. Unfortunately, he kind of fainted the the shoot and got yeah. caught big time. And it was all said and done, Dominic. Yeah, man. I mean, what more can you say? I think it's cool. I didn't even realize that, too, that he's more of a natural featherweight. So that's something to really look out for, I think, in the future for Naimov as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, that's kind of the biggest takeaways. There, there's good performances throughout the card, but. All in all, in terms of takeaways, I think those are the two main ones for me. Okay. I mean, Casera's Pineda, Dom. I mean, we, we, we can't skip Fight of the that, night, right? I mean, you can't just be trying to move along without talking about Casera's Pineda. I mean, this was a fight. That's How that did it go to, the distance, Noah? Yeah. Is that the <laughs> way to put it? This was a fight. I mean, I was in shambles watching this. I I, went, I I don't know, Dom. I don't know what happened here. Um, this was a really fun fight to watch. It was wild. Mm-hmm. It got a little sloppy in round three. Pineda got hurt to the body really bad. And Caceres didn't seem to really step on the gas. And then Pineda just seemed to kind of fight it out. Just grit, man. I mean, there was times where he was taking deep breaths. Like, you looked like he was literally, like, taking a break. Like, he would just stop and kind of take a dip, big, deep breath. Um, I couldn't believe that it got past the two-and-a-half-minute mark around three, which is what I was looking for. And then I definitely couldn't believe Dom's inside the distance couldn't hit. I even Dude. said I, – I, I thought Dominic for sure was going to hit. I thought it was going to hit. I thought I was getting the gap. Around three. Yep. And I was going to be so mad because I even said I was getting greedy on it. But it didn't happen. At that point, I was rooting for it to go to distance. I was like, Dominic cannot possibly be taking this from me. Not <laughs> yeah. again. Uh, but it was a great fight. Um, 
a Pineda fight going the distance, you know, doesn't happen much. So that's the kind of night we were just having. You know, it's just one of those nights where it wasn't wasn't in our favor on the betting side. Yeah, and Noah, what do we make here now of Alex Caceres? I know we talked about the weird kind, not mm. weird, but just it's a very different type of career for him. He's won seven out of eight fights. The only loss mm. was a decision loss to Sadiq Yusuf. He's number 15. Let's let's allow him to fight up someone in the rankings just to see what the man can do, right? I mean, please, let's do uh, it for him. I mean, I'm that well, I'm I'm fine with that. Like he's he's earned it. Uh, but I'm probably not gonna be like doing what you like. I'm probably not gonna be like um what's I'm not gonna be fighting for him or um, fighting the good fight to get him that opportunity because Dominic, I just don't really see him being much more than what he is currently yeah um i'm i i fully support him to get it i mean he's won these fights he's he's earned it but um you know if sadiq yusuf beat you i mean sadiq yusuf beat him pretty easily and sadiq yusuf's good but i wouldn't call sadiq yusuf like you know he's not in the top 10 necessarily mm -hmm. um i don't know what matchup ahead of him right now would be favorable for him or would be a fight that he I would favor him to have much of a chance in winning. So there might be some, he may surprise me. He's already surprised me by getting to this point. Um, so I'm all for it at the end of the day. I'm why not? Give me but, him you seem, but you seem, but you seem to have like a, you seem to like, you want to fight the good fight here for him. Yeah, man. I mean, shit. What more is a guy got to do UFC? Let's quit making him fight people behind him and Edson Barboza, two veterans, 15 Oof, versus 14. Man. Let's do it. Why not? You sure you, you sure you want that? <laughs> sure, of course. He's proved me okay. wrong enough. If he were to beat Edson, that'd be pretty crazy. Bro. Yeah, I mean, it'd be a fun fight. Edson's definitely like slowing down a little bit. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Anything else on this card? I will say Karina Silva, great win oh, for her. Boy. Very oh. nasty win. I feel for Ketlin uh, Souza, but uh, Karina Silva, someone I'm, I'm another prospect in this women's flyweight division, yeah. Dominic. Yeah. We're just going to keep yelling from the rooftops about the women's flyweights, and hopefully eventually somebody hears us. It is the premier division in women's MMA right now. And yes. Karina Silva, just another name to throw in the hat of just upcomers, prospects that look freaking terrifying. Yes, million percent yes. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We will move on from there, Dominic, into the fight announcements portion. This one was... Uh, came in as we were recording <laughs> on Thursday. Great. So we time. have a main event that uh, it would not get officially confirmed in the post fight presser. Dana would not say for sure. But Curtis Blades versus Jailton Almeida, November 4th, UFC, Sao Paulo, going back to Brazil for a fight night. That has not been fully confirmed, but it seems all but certain. That is the main event we will be getting. That's the main event I called for when Jailton got the win um, in his last fight against Rosenstreich. I think this is the biggest test for him on his way to fighting for a title. Maybe, I mean, maybe, well, you know, Pavlovich and and is kind of in a league of his own, like in that him, Jones, you know, those are obviously mm -hmm. the two biggest tests to win a title. But for a guy outside of those two, I think Curtis Blades is the toughest fight when you consider Almeida's style. Excuse me. This might be the kind of fight 
where you have to, if you're Jailton, use more uh, striking to try to get yourself a win. And I've been sort of giving him his striking a lot of credit, but now this uh, narrative's developing, Dom, that he is a wrestler. He's a grappler. He's mm. That is what he does. I'm seeing people call it – I mean, didn't you call him the heavyweight Habib or something like that? Um, um, I don't know. Okay, maybe not. <laughs> but, um, I'm seeing people really talk about his wrestling and his jiu-jitsu. Right. And, and I'm like, okay, we'll see them because I've been sort of giving this guy a lot of credit. It's call, almost calling him like a well-rounded fighter. Mm-hmm. Against Curtis Blades, you should be able to outstrike him if you really are where I think he is in, in those aspects. Yeah, after UFC Charlotte, we discussed two options. He called for Ty, so we talked about him and Ty, and we talked about him and Curtis. And I was I was down for him and Ty, but all in all, if you want to really see him be tested, Curtis Blades is the right next step, and I think it's a really, really challenging fight. You, you boosted him to his first main event slot in Charlotte against Biggie Boy. He gets it done easy. Now you're giving him back-to-back main event slots, and you're taking it to Brazil. So he is the name. He's the guy on the marquee for this region. And he's going up against a buzzsaw and Curtis Blades because traditionally Curtis Blade comes off of a loss. Then he wins three or four more, gets back to where he's one win away and loses. So if you go by history, this is a fight that Curtis would win traditionally. But this is a bit different than those other types of step back style fights for Curtis. This answers, I think, way more questions for Jelton um, than anything for Curtis, because we kind of know what we're getting with Curtis every time out. We've seen him fight so many times. Jalton has a lot to prove here and a lot of pressure on his shoulders. And Noah, I believe when we were talking about it in that recap as well, I was kind of in the boat of, I think two more wins gets it. You said potentially one more could get him there. And now that it's Curtis Blades, do you feel even more confident that if he goes in there, main events, beats Curtis Blades, you have to get him for a title shot next? I actually don't feel more confident in it, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I've, I've, I think now I'm almost leaning more toward that fight and then one more. And it's not because of the opponent. It's not because of Curtis Blades. It's just the way this heavyweight division is kind of laid out right now. Like I almost feel like he'll end up if he wins that. I really hope that they don't jump the gun on him and Pavlovich. Like I hope one of those guys gets a chance. If they're not both fighting for like a vacant title, if John Jones and Stipe happen, John Jones, if John Jones wins, retires, or if Stipe wins, retires. I hope those are the two guys getting a a uh, vacant title fight. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. I guess if Curtis Blades wins, you know, maybe right. he sneaks his way in there. But um, if they don't do that and instead they have those two fight each other to see who gets a oh, heavyweight yeah, title fight, that. that'd be kind of a shame. But yes, um, I, right now, it does make me kind of nervous that, like, the way this is going, is Jones Stipe going to actually happen in November? Who knows? If it doesn't happen, it actually makes me more confident that we may Get see that. him fight if he were to beat Blades and his next title, his next fight would be for a title. But yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it does not make me more confident. I'll put it that way. Okay. Okay. Cool. Does it make you more confident that it might be one away? Yeah, see, we kind of flipped because I was at two. Now I'm like, man, if he goes in and you know beats Curtis Blades, I mean, shit. I mean, I mean, I, I know. Well, I know we think highly of like Blades, Gone but and you know, as as Blades, you know, if he continues to lose to some of these guys in the UFC, that the value of beating him in our eyes doesn't drop. But is the UFC going to look at it like, well, that's a marquee? 
title contender type win. I mean, Blades has yet to really take that step to be a title challenger, a title contender. He's been the guy right on the outside. You know, it'd be crazy too, and maybe even more convincing to me if he goes in there and Curtis Blades, Curtis Blades, <laughs> that like if he takes down Curtis, yeah. ragdolls him around, does that what Curtis Blades has been known for doing? Holy shit. And, but you're really uh, hitting the narrative too. Like, if he can't get Curtis down, we've seen Curtis's striking improve. Not mm. that he's like a world beater, but he's definitely improved. How's Jelton going to? be yeah. with a guy like Curtis on the feet. I think there's there's so many questions here for this young mm -hmm. stud in Almeida. Yeah, well said. Uh, from there, we'll move to the Blaze and Bets segment of the show, Dominic, where I have taken a commanding 3-1 to one lead in the series. <clears throat> Dominic, this was not our strongest showing as a pair. Yeah. Uh, we both end up in the red. <laughs> um, we got a little carried away with uh yeah. our live bets if you followed us on twitter we were <laughs> it was a mess they got a little hazy there toward the main event all of a sudden dominic's putting a 2.9 uh unit bet on there and then i followed up right away <laughs> with another unit on our bozzy money line we were just trying to make sure that the other one could not yeah. <laughs> win with like winning every bet it got a little the competition got the better of us I think. it did unfortunately and um <laughs> I'll just say for my portion, um, parlays were not in my favor this week. Uh, even put two units on that live bet parlay with Car France, Albazi inside the distance, and Jim Miller money line. I wasted such a beautiful Jim Miller performance mm. uh, with that one. That one would have been huge. I, I felt so confident in it because I thought there was no shot that that KKF Albazi fight was going the distance. Um, Man, talk about a bad parlay, though. Like, having Jamie Malarkey Moneyline and Arlovsky plus three and a half, just tough. Mm. Um, yeah, Andre Arlovsky by decision plus 150. That one felt like it got stolen from me out of nowhere. Like, felt like we were kind of riding the wave, kind of things yep. were going solid. And then out of nowhere, Dante Mays lands just a massive shot to put him out. Um I am okay if Arlovsky is uh, winding it down here. I'm, I'm mm. kind of, I'm accepting that I think it's about time to hang him up because did you kind of notice, Don, when the commentary was talking about him, they go, you know, they say power is the last thing to go. And then Laura Senko kind of jumped in and was like, but now Arlovsky's, you know, shown to be much more than just that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, mm, I think she was kind of saving it there, but his power has been gone for a long time. A while. Like, yeah. And he can't quite take the shot. So his best chance is to kind of find a way to win a boring decision. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what he's done. I love the guy. He's one of my favorites of all time, but you know, I, I think it's about time. He's got over 20 losses in his professional MMA career. He's been doing this at a high level for so long. Mm -hmm. I mean, this man, I believe made his debut in the UFC thirties or twenties. Like this guy, yeah, has been around forever in two different stints. I think it's time. Yeah, yeah, I agree there, and I know that hurt you to go no, down like that, I mean, but it, it had to be done. Reality, it's a reality yeah. of sport. I mean, he's he's a legend in in my eyes. He's a former UFC heavyweight champion, maybe a future UFC Hall of Famer. I'd like to think he could be in there with that title reign he had, but it's inevitably a part of what happens in the sport. And for him, he's honestly the fact he's held on this long is 
amazing in of itself. It's just I don't want to see him lose to guys like I mean Dante Mays. Like, hey, shout out Louisville, Kentucky. You know mm-hmm. that's where Dante Mays is from. I know he's a big deal there. If you're losing to Dante Mays, like, and you're a guy who's been fight, you know he's he's usually used to just a few years ago he would win these kind of fights pretty right. easily. Uh, I just think it's uh, time. Well, Noah, here's the, the 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 question for you from the terms of bets. If Andre gets another fight, will Andre Arlovsky by decision still make an appearance in the bet slip? Or do you have depends to sleep on, on that one? I mean, depends on who it is, but it'd be hard to convince me that that's a good bet to place. I mean, do I do it for the bit again? Maybe. But, I mean, if he's taking on, like, fucking, I don't know. Like, if he's taking on somebody who's, like, looked at as, like, you know, those guys who he's lost to before where they're kind of prospects on the rise, hell no, I ain't yeah. taking Arlovsky by decision. Yeah. But if he gets a fight with another guy like, you know, these guys, these these unremarkable heavyweights he's been fighting for years now, will I take a stab at it? I'd probably be more likely if he's an underdog to do like mm-hmm. the, the spread thing on like a parlay. I, I, I don't mind doing that. It's just, you, he can't quite take the punches like he used to. It's a, well, really he's never been a guy known for his chin if we're being yeah. honest, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame, but it is what it is. Uh, like we already said, Caceres Pineda going, not don't getting know. a finish there. I uh, yeah. don't know what happened. I thought Caceres could have got that finish in round three if he really pushed for it. But, I mean, he was definitely being respectful of Pineda, who was dangerous. Pineda had on two different submissions that looked like he could have finished the fight, the arm bar. And then the Kimura he had, too, Dom. Just real nasty stuff. But uh, credit to Caceres being able to fight out of it. Yeah, besides that, nothing too crazy. Shout out Tim Elliott. I know he was going through a lot. Uh, had to dig deep for a win. Didn't seem all that uh, pleased with his performance, but I thought that was classic Tim Elliott yes. fashion, which I guess is kind of why he wasn't happy about it. But uh, still a guy who's a tough out. And I guess, I and mean, I think getting a win over Alta Mirano is pretty good. Alta Mirano is not a bad fighter. So mm-hmm. um, definitely not, not a slight there on him. Yeah, Dominic, anything else you want to touch on for your side of things? Um, kids. Well, kids can't bet, but you get my point. Don't impulse bet. Regardless of if you're in a competition and trying to win mm-hmm. a week, don't do it. It's not worth it. Just take your take your losses mm-hmm. and move on to next week. 2.9 units on a plus 125, under three and a half rounds in the main event, down the shitter, uh, just like that. It's just no excuses for that. Trying to get greedy, and I paid for it, as I deserve to. Gafurov. I took a stab on him at plus money debuting on short notice against Castaneda. He put up a good fight, lots of nut shots in that one. I think I counted three, but all in all, I felt like he looked, you know, pretty good. Um, and it was a, it was a pretty decent fight. He lost a close decision. Nothing you can do there. Uh, my parlay that I missed Reed and fry over one and a half hit Elliot Altamirano over one and a half hit. I was super confident in those Santos Munoz inside the distance. I really thought, that that was going to cash. I thought it was going to be more violent and more opportunities for finishes, and they didn't really present themselves. Daniel Santos. Wasn't that the fight with the nut shot? I think that was the nut shot as I kept talking about it. Yeah, that was the nut shot fight. And uh, I don't know. I thought Santos would look to capitalize more and try and finish. He didn't. Nothing there. He won the fight. Silva Sosa inside the distance, minus 150, was pretty easy. I do regret I um, had in my cart, if you will, on – 
I think it was bet three, six, five at that point. I had a two unit play on Silva to win by finish. And I ended up chickening out and not doing it. Then she got mm -hmm. a submission win in a minute and 40 seconds. So, you know, I impulse bet and lose. I don't impulse bet and I win, but don't win. It's just everything's going great for me in betting this year. Caceres Pineda, no, already talked about. And then Car France Albazi, to add insult to injury, not only did the impulse under three and a half not hit, inside the distance, which on Friday I literally said, favorite bet of the week, so confident in this, blah, 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 minus 115. Didn't it went the distance? There was never even a an opportunity for a finish. Like it was a great fight. I love the fight, but there was never even really any danger for a finish. It is what it is. It, it's nothing new. I've lost all year. I continue to lose. But you know, we're heading to Canada next week, so maybe I can have some success on an international card. Noah, um, no, no danger for a finish. But dude, dude, I mean, I thought that uh, rear naked choke Albazi had in. Yeah, I forget that I was the that one was, chance. You're right. That was the yeah. one, and I was like. In it was in. Head, was, it was in. Yeah. I don't know how KKF got out of that. And then he ended up ending the round with like a barrage on uh, Albazi. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, tough week for us, but ultimately I come out on top. I'm happy. Um, but I'm Three not satisfied. Weeks. Not happy. Or I'm not satisfied, but I'm happy. Yeah. Because I will not quit until Dominic is in the ground, buried six feet deep. I can't even respond. <laughs> Let's go to the one segment, the only segment we end the show on, the little segment we like to call closing statements. The point of the show where me and Dominic can talk about anything and everything, MMA-related or not. So, Dominic, do you have anything for closing statements today to send us off into a great week? Yeah, I just want to give one quick shout-out to Fernando Tatis Jr., of the San Diego Padres, because without him on Saturday night, I miss out on a very, very good parlay hit in the baseball world. I needed four runs scored in the Padres-Cubs game. It was the bottom of the eighth inning. It was three to zero Padres. They were the home team. So I had three, I had four outs essentially left to go. There were two outs in the bottom of the eighth when Tatis came up to bat, and then the three run or three outs that the Cubs would have had in the top of the ninth. Otherwise, the parlay wouldn't hit. Two men are on base. Tatis comes up and bam, see ya, gone. Ball out of the ballpark. Three run home run. The Padres went six to nothing. The parlay cashes. It, it made me feel better going to bed last night knowing that that hit because of how bad the MMA betting um, went. If Tatis wouldn't have gotten that and I would have lost that bet by one run not being scored, oh, woo, your boy would be struggling to even show up for the recording today. So I'm feeling good. All things considered, shout out to Tatis and the Padres. But Dom, you know how this goes. You got lucky that time, but with parlays, you, if you're, I don't know how big of a parlay this was, but you do the like eight, the 10, 12 they leg get big. parlays. Yeah. Um, they always end with one thing. One leg doesn't yes. end every time. Yep. That's how it yep. goes. It doesn't matter how big it is. You could do 25 legs, one of them. <laughs> 24 will hit. 24 will hit. <laughs> yep. That's uh and then you go, oh, if only I'd done a 24 leg parlay. But then if you did, <laughs> one was not gonna hit. One would have missed. So it's just yep. it's uh that's that's the vicious cycle we find ourselves in. I am starting to kind of you know be willing to kind of throw like a, a, a big parlay together on the UFC event and just kind of like I did last night, it didn't hit. Um where did that fail? There was a couple of times it would have failed, but 
I, I kind of am like, okay, maybe I'll just throw a little stab on something. It's fun big. to sprinkle. Yeah, yeah, just to, and it's not going to count for my, right. like, yeah. I'm not counting it for anything, but just like, because used to, Dom, I really only played whatever I put on the bet slip, whatever mm-hmm. I, you know, put out there. I didn't really bet much outside of that in terms of MMA um, right. on my personal Twitter unboxing, but yeah. Uh, I don't think I really have anything. Um, I guess I'll just say like Papa John's is back. I mean, I'm I'm back on Papa John's now, Dom. I'm, I think I've uh, been able to get past my my experience from hell on the um, bachelor trip I was on <laughs> to the the sweet sweet mountains in Tennessee. We had Papa John's. I got food poisoning. Had to drive back the next day. The shits. The pukes the just feeling dead inside having to drive in a car sit in a car and i was the passenger but having to go in a car for like six hours home Mm. it was an unreal just bad time out of body experience and i've really been avoiding papa john's for a long time because of that had it a couple nights ago it's back we're we're back on the papa john's train papa john's a lot of people don't like it it's probably one of the better food, fast, fast food pizza chains out there. Yeah, I like that. Oh, and, and if you think, and one, if you think Domino's no. is the best, like get oh, no, out, no. like dude, yeah. it's too garlicky is Domino's. But yeah, get, yeah, go ahead, Dom. I was just gonna say quickly, we forgot to say this at the front. This week's schedule is just a little different. So just so you guys know, preview on Thursday this week. Because the PFL is back and they fight on Thursday. They always have that one random one that kind of messes, mm. up, messes up the schedule. But it works out for us because Thursday we have a preview. And Friday is our June edition of Cage Side Rewind and Pride 13 Collision Course. So it's a three-episode mm-hmm. week for us. So just be on the lookout for that. A little bit of a change. And that'll be all, folks. Yep. So my name is Noah Baker. That's Dominic Slee. We are but just two of the below-average Joes. And we'll see you guys on... Thursday.